I think we're we're starting to find our our personality and our um, our confidence to um, share our views and our opinions a bit more as as a nation. Um, yeah, and I think that's because we we've got more uh, exemplars, more people who have stood up and done impressive things and are quite happy to talk about them. Um, and that's why I think that the whole tall poppy syndrome is slowly changing is because we're kind of starting to normalize to success a bit more like um, and feeling okay with it like we can do build world-class businesses and um, you know make movies and put rockets into space we can do all this stuff from New Zealand this, this next, next generation of entrepreneurs it's not an issue for them they, they they've seen the Rod Drury's you know they've seen the Peter Beggs it just takes that that thought away of like well you know could we do that or is it is it too hard to do I mean of course it's hard it's a, this, you know doing this stuff is incredibly fucking hard if you, if you want to make a difference just go and do it don't wait for somebody else to give you permission welcome to 14 minutes of SAS the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. This is episode five of the seven-part series with Vaughan Ferguson, founder and former CEO of Vend. We talk a little bit more about addressing the challenges of creating pathways to getting all kids into technology, the advantages New Zealand has in the innovation space, and Vaughan discusses how New Zealand is evolving away from tall poppy syndrome into a growing sense of confidence and a stronger personality and presence in the world. He talks about Venn's company values and how slow governments are to innovate, but also the need for private enterprise and government to collaborate more effectively. Are you uh, focusing a little bit more on areas that need more attention? Like maybe married girls or, or areas that are economically um, less wealthy uh, well, in New Zealand? Our, our goal is every kid. Like, of course. You know, every kid should have the, if, if they dream, if they want to dream to, to have a future in technology, there should be no barriers in their way to enable them to do that. Um, but as, you know, as we've tried to figure out how we would reach every kid, there's, 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 there's definitely kids where there are more barriers in front of them. You know, girls, you know, um, ethnic minorities, people who don't live in major centres, like there's, there's, there can be, you know, the probability for some kids pursuing a, their dreams in technology can get, you know, pretty low. Absolutely. Um, and so I think it's fair to say that we apply more focus to those kids who just have, naturally have um, more barriers in their way and we try and remove as many of them as possible. Because like, you know, uh, getting a bunch of rich white kids excited about robots is, is, is easy. You could do that in a weekend, and you've 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 set them on a path, and you know if, if that's where their dreams take them, they'll become rocket rocket scientists or, or ro robotics engineers. Um, but yeah, that, that that young married girl in rural New Zealand who you know wants to um, you know wants to put a rocket into space or or even have her own fashion label. Like the thing is, like it, the dreams our kids are having today, um, technology is going to be pervasive in all of those dreams. In order for them to make a, a, a reality. They're going to need to use technology. Um, uh, like there isn't like a tech sector and a everything else. It's like everything everything they're going to do is, is going to be technology based. Um, and so you know we're busy trying to figure out how we create those pathways for those kids. So to level the playing field. You live and work in Auckland. Is there an advantage uh, to that, given you're on the doorstep of 
of the continent, the one we're in now, that's probably going to be the dominant one in, in this century. Is there an advantage being in an Auckland with so many people from so many parts of Asia there uh, in terms of uh, export-led um, SaaS company? Uh, I think so, yeah. I think there, there are a number of attributes that New Zealand has as a, as a, as a country that makes it very appealing um, in the innovation space. So, you know, we're a, we're a fairly well self-contained um, country. You know, we're a, a bunch of islands down at the bottom of the South Pacific. Um, we have fast internet, we've got fast fiber. We've got incredibly low uh, levels of corruption. It's one of the easiest places to do business. Um, and as New Zealanders, I think we've, we've got a little chip on our shoulder, like we're constantly trying to prove ourselves on the world stage. Um, it's something that we feel very awkward about. Like, um, we can be a little bit bipolar about it. Like, you know, we have this chip on our shoulder, it's like, you know what, we could put rockets into space, and then we go and do it. Um, yeah. But there's also this thing in New Zealand, which is, you know, the tall poppy syndrome, which is like- I was going to ask you about that, actually. Yeah, is, that, like, is that a real thing? Uh, yeah, it, it is. And uh, the optimist in me, it, it's feeling like it's starting to become less and less of a of a social issue, and so to explain what it is, it's like you know, is anybody who pops their head up doing something uh, of uh, notoriety very quickly gets cut down. It's like you know, don't get too ahead of yourself there, buddy. You you just like the rest of us. Um, and uh, I mean, uh, I, as as a school teacher in Japan, I saw this. Yeah. Also, uh, right. in the, in school kids. They're really not encouraged to. They put the strongest kid with the weakest kid sitting beside, and then they, you know, they organize it in such a way to kind of even things out. Right. There's definitely a toll pop, even though it's a New Zealand thing, I believe. I think it's universal. I think it's everywhere. It's everywhere um, to some degree, right? But just because in New Zealand, you know, there's like two degrees of separation <laughs> between you and anybody else. <laughs> of course, it becomes everybody, a knows more, everybody. everybody knows somebody who's done, you know, who is famous or, you know, yeah. uh, who kind of stands out. Um, and these are the people that you you go to the you bump into at the barbecues, and I think maybe it just feels slightly awkward to have you know you and your mates, and you know everybody's kind of on the same level, and then then suddenly it's like, oh no, there's Julie, oh, Julie, she's so <laughs> successful, you know, she's putting rockets into space. Um, I think we're we're starting to find our our personality and our um, our confidence to um, share our views and our opinions a bit more as as a nation. Um, yeah. And I think that's because we, we've got more uh, exemplars, more people who have stood up and done impressive things and are quite happy to talk about them. Um, and that's why I think that the whole tall poppy syndrome is slowly changing, is because we, we're kind of starting to normalize to success a bit more, like, um, and feeling okay with it. Like, we can do build world-class businesses and, um, you know, make movies and put rockets into space. We can do all this stuff from New Zealand. We shouldn't feel embarrassed by it or uh, awkward about it. Um, and so the thing I'm feeling is like now we're starting to get this, this uh, like we've had a taste for it now. Now we're starting to get a lot. This, this next, next generation of entrepreneurs, it's not an issue for them. They, they, they've seen the Rod Drury's, you know, they've seen the Peter Beggs. And, uh, and, and, and did Zero, for example, you know, you mentioned them earlier, did that phenomenal global success, it seemed to open up possibilities in your head. Do you think it was, it, it created the beginning of some sort of a release in New Zealand as well, seeing that, that such a company could be produced yeah. Uh, yeah. domestically? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, because, you know, it just takes that, that thought away of like, well, you know, could we do that or is it, is it too hard to do? I mean, of course it's hard. It's a 
this, you know, doing this stuff is incredibly fucking hard. Um, of course, yeah. But having, I guess, having the comfort that somebody else has already done it, like it's that weird psychological thing. It's like you don't know what, what, what could prevent you from achieving. But when you see somebody else do it, all of a sudden that weight is lifted. It's like, oh wow, well, she did it. I can do it too. Um, I mean, you still have to figure out how the hell you're going to do it, but um, it just such a huge psychological weight or emotional weight that gets lifted just by having somebody else, you know, following in somebody else's footsteps. Um, so yeah, absolutely. In the UK, um, Sage CEO Stephen Kelly has kind of smartly carved out a niche um, as a champion of small and medium businesses. Uh, you know, even lobbies the U UK government for, you know, fair play for the for the SMBs uh, for SMB friendly policies. Um, you know, do you do that uh, with Vend? Or do you champion the SMBs in, in New Zealand? Um, well, we champion SMB retailers globally. Of course, globally. Like, yeah. Absolutely, every single yeah. day. Um, you know, that's it's part of our values as a business. Is that you know, every day we should be doing stuff that helps our you know helps champion our our, our customers, our retailers, making their life easier. Um, you know, I'm you know I'm not a super political guy. So um, I'm more in favor of just doing stuff. You know, just doing stuff. If you, if you want to make a difference, just go and do it. Don't wait for somebody else to give you permission. You know, and that, that's like with OMG Tech. We could see that kids weren't getting taught uh, computer science in schools. And so we wanted to change that. And at first we thought, well, let's go talk to the, you know, the, the powers that be in government and see if we can lobby them and um, get funding or you know, change the school curriculum. But, but we thought, no, actually, that's going to take years. Let's just go do stuff. Let's just go prove it. Let's just, you know, take action and start getting kids playing with technology. And in parallel, you know, you know, three years later, the government catches up and it's like, oh right, yeah, we should be teaching this stuff in schools. And we're like, yeah, duh, absolutely. And by the way, we've been doing it for the last three years. Um, and here's how you do it. Um, you know, same with Vend. It was like, just you know, build, you know, build the future that you want to see. Don't don't wait for anybody else to to, to give you. You know the the authority or the permission to do it. Just go do it. Um, governments are incredibly slow to, to, to do anything. Well, I still think governments um, have a role to play in the sense that uh, you know, uh, like I, I was an early employee in Salesforce.com, and and, and, and I, I like Mark Benioff's philosophy on a lot of things. Uh, he's a positive influence in Silicon Valley, but um, he I do disagree on one thing. Um, he does think that companies can solve all these problems. Um, and I, I don't, if I, if I really believe that, I, I don't think the states in the US, which has been producing great companies for decades, would be in such a mess with its education system, its healthcare, which certainly, as a European, I would never want. What's your thought on, on all of that, on where all of that's going? Um, because the problem, of course, is inefficiencies in government. So what are your yeah. thoughts on all of that? Um, I think there, I think the, the balance is where the government can align industry to solve um, real problems for the country, right? Um, so it's not all about making money. I know mean, you can make money as you, as you go, but like, you know, take areas like healthcare. Like, you know, I think you can just point to the US and see how horribly wrong it can go, right? Where it, it becomes a privatized system where there is not ubiquitous or equal access for, for everyone. And then you look at places like, you know, I don't know, um, well, Canada or New Zealand and, and, and places in Europe where there is that ubiquitous access um, and it's where the government has worked with the private sector to be able to provide 
a customer-centric solution. So it's not a, it's not all about making money. It's about providing the best service to the consumer, to the customer. So I'm a firm believer of that. You know, uh, I'd love to see governments and the private sector work more collaboratively on social issues like you know power or food production or education or healthcare. These are all things that we know make us all better, right? Um, we all benefit from. And, uh, and so, absolutely, you can have private enterprise in there uh, doing the innovation because governments suck at innovation. Um, you know, let the, the private enterprises do that. They can make money as they go, but find that balance. So, you know, um, it's, a, it's a competitive landscape. It's not all just one outfit, you know, uh, leading the charge. And I think that's where you get the kind of the promise of, you know, of... Uh, of uh, a capitalist, capitalist society is, is where there's great competition, you've got great engagement from government, and everybody's motivated by the same thing, which is like lifting the tide for everyone, making us all better. In the next instalment, episode six of seven, Vaughn discusses why team and timing are more important than ideas and why entrepreneurs need to combine embracing their weirdness with listening carefully, but not slavishly, to data. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills, and to Katsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins, if you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating.